Hi guys, welcome back to episode four of the UCFB Football Podcast. Uh, we've got a full house for the first time in a few weeks, everyone's back. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be going through last week's cup fixtures, um, looking ahead to next week's fixtures and also introducing another exciting new series. So boys, how are we all? Yeah, not bad. Uh, not bad, not bad. So how did we all get on in the cup? The women's were in the league, weren't they? But yeah. how did everyone get in the cup? I'll start. Uh, not great. Um, I'll say not great. Um, this first real big test for us this season. Um, we played Essex away. Uh, obviously, it's always tough playing away. And Essex are also a league above us. So the standard of football is obviously going to be better than what we've been used to in the last couple of weeks. Um, we actually went in at half-time 1-0 up. Very end-to-end stuff. Another very physical side. Um, so, yeah... Going in one 0 up at half time, cool heads, uh, looking good. Uh, and then obviously they came out in the second half, absolutely stormed it, three uh, one to them. All uh, looked a bit lost really, but then we pulled off a very good comeback. Um, Jordan McMillan scored a thirty yard free kick screamer right into the top bins. Then uh, Sam Danashi got his brace to make it three three, but unfortunately we um, went out on penalties, four two. So. Yeah, it was an exciting game, but just not the result we wanted, really. Yeah, that's not the way you want it to end. It's the cruelest way to go out, isn't it? Yeah, so especially after being 3-1 down, coming back, our spirits were high, we had the momentum, and then it just yeah, all, all fell apart at the end, really, unfortunately. It does show great character from the third, though, to be able to come back after going 3-1 down to a team that is in a high league. Yeah, they? absolutely. And then a penalty shootout is just a coin flip, really, on who goes through it. The luck on the day and who gets the rub of the green. Yeah, um, but credit to the lads that were big enough and brave enough to step up and take a penalty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, don't think by any means we uh, played badly. We did ourselves uh, pretty proud, really, playing against a, a team higher up in the leagues than us. So no shame in, in going out to a better side sometimes, especially on penalties. Like you said, it's just a coin flip, isn't it, really? It's not, doesn't doesn't reflect badly on us. Yeah. So, um, so the first didn't have a fixture no, last week. We got a buy in the cup, first round. So we are through to the next round, which is nice. We've had a, a week's rest to recuperate, and we go again uh, on Wednesday. How about the seconds, Dylan? How did they do? Yeah, so the second, <clears throat> so the seconds this week. Oh, sorry. So the seconds last week were away to Westminster, the first cup game of the season. Uh, so the team decided to go with the same formation as the first game, four one four one, and once again, uh, the tactics were revolved around using the wingers, so creating space, playing wide. Uh, so the team started off uh, a little slow, but they were still creating chances. They had uh, most of the possession in the first 20 minutes or so. But and, uh, they sort of had a few shots on target, but they couldn't convert any. And then uh, after the first 20 minutes, the team started to drop off a little. Uh, I think one of the reasons for that was because they had a week off. Uh, so I think I think uh, the team's playing on a regular basis or week to week is much better for their fitness. The fact that they had a week off like, sort of slowed them down a little this game. Uh, so after around half an hour, they started making small mistakes. There were a lot of individual errors, a lot of sort of weak passes, through balls that didn't didn't go where they should. Um, and then they eventually got punished for it. Um, and they conceded two goals in five minutes in the first half. So the team were 2-0 down at half-time. And sort of the whole general consensus around the half-time team talk was that sort of UCFB knew they were the better team. They sort of felt that they could easily get back into the game. So at halftime, they made an immediate change. Uh, Callum King was brought on for Cameron Marshall in midfield. 
Um, they also switched the wingers. So in the first half, Taylor Wooden was on the left and Eero Mjdubi was on the right. And they switched for the second half. And uh, this was something that proved to be vital. Uh, so in the second half, they were much sharper side. They cut out individual mistakes. Uh, and they were, they started to really take advantage of the wingers and sort of played into the tactics that they'd settled for. Uh, and then eventually they were able to score a goal from Eero on the left side. Uh, ran down, finessed the keeper. So, so that sort of uh, sparked UCFB's motivation. They got back into the game. So they were 2-1 down. And then uh, they saw no signs of slowing down. They continued attacking, attack after attack. And then they eventually equalised through the other winger, Taylor Warden. Uh, on the right side, he was able to score from an opposite side shot. So around uh, 70 minutes, UCFB were level. And then they went forward looking for the third. Uh, they didn't want to settle for a draw. They didn't want to go to penalties. Uh, so third goal didn't come until the final 10 minutes where they kept UCFB kept applying pressure. And then once again, Taylor Warden on the right. Uh, was played through and he slid and got a touch on the ball and scored the third, got the winner. Uh, yeah, so that that goal there, Taylor Warden got a brace, completed UCFB's incredible comeback. I was actually I was actually uh, given the honour of choosing the man of the match, and it had to go to Taylor Warden once again, who scored the equaliser and the winner. So he already has five goals and three assists in two games. You know, he put in another great performance. And I spoke to him after the game, and he said that despite being two 0 down, the team knew that they were always going to get back into the game. Um, and they, he said that Westminster were no better than Goldsmiths, who used to be destroyed in the first game of the season. What a start to the season it's been by Taylor Warden. Obviously, last last week he was nominated for the Player of the Month, and he didn't quite get there. But again, responding with two more goals, as if to say, no, I I should have been the Player of the Month. Yeah, I mean, it's not in, it's not a bad tally, is it, to get get your season underway? Yeah, it seems like he's running running things in that team. A lot of the good stuff's coming through him, by the looks of it. Yeah, a lot of the tactics are sort of revolved around the wingers and he's he's playing an important role so far in the two games that they've played. Well, I say, when I see on the Twitter that they were 2-0 down, I think, because it was so quick one after the other as well, I thought it could be like a bit of a rout, but credit to them, they come back and, uh, yeah, won the game in the end. So it just shows the, how much spirit they've got in that side and the determination they've got to win. So, great comeback. Um, so last week, uh, the women's team were away at Brunel. Um, picked up a 2-2 draw, which isn't the best, obviously. We'd obviously have liked to take in all three points. Um, but to get that first point on the board this season is massive after losing the first two weeks. Um, the goal scorers were Charlie Cowper, who was my shout for um, top scorer this season. So um, that's good. It's her, her first goal of the year. Um, and considering we'd only scored one goal before that, you know, now she's now she's level. Top top goal scorer with Evie Gain, um. So my shout might might be heading in the right direction there. Um, other goal scorer was Kira Perju, who is a new player. Last week she played in goal, and it was made clear to me before the game that she wasn't a goalkeeper. Um, she's an outfield player, but she was standing in, um, in between the sticks last week. So for her to get on the score sheet this week, um, massive, really good. You could tell last week that she's a good player with her feet able to pass the ball out and she has a bit about her so um yeah good for her to get on the score sheet um 2-2 two, two draw not bad but um we go again go again this week sort of good that the women's were able to sort of steady what was quickly becoming a sinking ship it was after... it, it it wasn't a good start and the the atmosphere in the, in the second game of the season uh, it felt like if we didn't stop the rot then then it could 
really start to become an issue. Um, so yeah, to to get that first point on the board, it's not massive. We with the players that we've got in the squad, we should be looking to do bigger and better things. But to come out of a tough period, it's it's really going to be a good thing for the rest of the season, I think, so that we can kick on from here. I think what you've also got as well is with before last week, their only scorer was Evie, who was a, who was nominated for their Player of the Month. So to get some goals elsewhere in the squad, it puts less dependence on her. And if you can, the more players you can rely on, the more likely it is you are to be able to get out of these tough periods. So it's promising for the women's team. Yeah, and good to see goals coming from some of the new players as well, not just the the old guard. I can't believe she was in goal the week before. A bit of a jack of all trades by the sound of it. It wasn't. It was in like a one nil, wasn't it? It was two nil. Two nil the week before. Still done a good job to only let in two as an outfield player. She made some really good saves. I think five minutes into that first half, um, one of the uh, one of the Kent attackers was through and goal for a one on one. She made a good save with her foot, Um, and yeah, didn't didn't have a terrible game. Um, Second goal, I think she'd probably admit that she should have saved, but. Again, not being a, a goalkeeper by trade, she, she hasn't done a bad job at all. So we'll leave it there for part one. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in a moment with part two. Don't go away. Welcome back to part two. We will now be showcasing the second segment of UCFB Away Days. Welcome to UCFB Away Days. This week, the seconds were away to Westminster in the first cup tie of the season. After completing an incredible comeback in the game, I spoke to Dwayne Grizzle, Taylor Warden, Jack Bibb and James Wells about their thoughts on the conditions of the changing room and pitch. Changing room was a bit cushy, um, but, you know, once it, like two or three is fine, but then when the whole squad got in, it was like, where do we put our stuff? So... Rating it was nice, 10. it was nice, but a bit too small for our liking. Rating out of 10? Uh, 10, mm, 4? Yeah, I think 4's... What, 3? Yeah, yeah, 3, definitely yeah. 3. It was, nice. it was nice and new, but like there weren't enough seats. Yeah, I'd say There was enough seats for 5 people. <laughs> <laughs> what about the pitch? Good pitch. Nah, it's a good pitch. It was pretty much kind of the same size of Hendon, weren't it? The long, Lions long, were quite long confusing, long though. Yeah, I found yeah. the lines difficult sometimes because yeah. it was a rugby pitch lines, weren't it? But and, and for Astro, it was very long as well. Could have done with a bit of rain over it, couldn't it? To be a yeah, sure. it was too new for its own good as well. Yeah. Um, solid eight, I think. Seven. Did you, <laughs> you guys prefer playing Astro or grass? Astro. Uh, Personally, Astro. Grass, grass for me all yeah, day. Yeah, it hurts well. my knees. The Astro, I do too much running. The players also gave their thoughts on the atmosphere of the home support, which in this case was neutral supporters. Uh, yeah, finally, definitely. home support. Well, I mean, it was just a bunch of kids. Well, it was just basically <laughs> us. Yeah. And first off, they was getting onto us as well. Yeah, so no. bad. Seb, and then second half, they wanted to come back. Seb, Seb missed a, a shot or something. And they were like, that's why you're centre-back. Yeah. And then we scored. And they were like, oh my God. Yeah, pitch invasion at the end, wasn't it, as well? We have to give them a decent rating, surely, because they actually raided the pitch. Yeah. Well, we're going to say rugby team, but they'd probably give them an eight or something. They were decent from an eight as well. Yeah. The changing room receives a low rating of 3 out of 10, whilst the pitch and home support received a high rating of 8 out of 10, putting the total at 19 out of 30, a much better score than last week. Thanks for listening to UCFB Away Days.
Yeah, that was quality. I've got a few questions though. What, what, who were these children that had turned up to the game? Why weren't I they guess, in school? No, well, the kick, the game kicked off at four pm, so it was after school. So I guess it was just a bunch of kids that were I don't know nearby. The game was played on a three G pitch, so they sort of just turned up and they started sort they started sort of chatting. First, first, first half they were against USFB because they were losing, but then once USFB made the comeback, they sort of started chatting for USFB. Oh, mate, then, absolute plastics. <laughs> Uh, yeah, when uh, UCFB scored the winner, someone, one of the kids ran on the pitch and so, joined in the celebrations. There's a video of it on the Twitter. Oh, pitch invasion. That is top quality, that. That is, that is the sort of limbs you live for at uni games. Plus some local children, though. I don't, know if, I don't know if that's the limbs you live for at uni games. Yeah, maybe not specifically from children, but... Yeah. But we'll try again next week. Yeah. See if we can do any better. But yeah. nineteen out of thirty is not a bad score by any by any stretch. Definitely is it? better than minus two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the changing rooms were sort of they were like little little tent buildings. They were really small, not enough like space for all of the players. And then the pitch, the pitch was really good. Three G pitch. It was like really big, which I think helped GFB uh, in the end because of the the way they play, sort of stretching wide and using the using the wings a lot. Speaking of the pitch, how can you knock the score down for it having not rained? <laughs> what can the home team do about that? I think they were just. I think they were just speaking about how how the conditions could have been maybe a little bit better. Yeah, I suppose on the day if it's if, if the pitch is, feels a bit slow, if it's dry, then yeah, I I wouldn't be giving it a ten out of ten if it if it felt yeah. if it felt like you couldn't get the ball down and play on it. There were also the rugby lines on there, which made it a little bit confusing sometimes. Yeah, definitely a respectable score there. That puts it at the top of the leaderboard so far by a mile. Just <laughs> <laughs> had to be in the positive numbers to get yeah. at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> Who is away this week? Uh, UCFB away days will be back on the road with the thirds this week, playing against South Bank Uni, and we're bringing you more scores from changing rooms, pitches, and home support. So we are now going to introduce a brand new segment on the podcast called UCFB Football Bingo. Um, so over the course of the season, we will be checking off criteria on a list of uh, items, football challenges um, that we'll see our teams hopefully complete throughout the season. But there's a twist. So when the end of the season comes and all is said and done, the team that has performed the worst or the team last to get bingo throughout the season, if three other teams do get it before the season ends, will have to do a forfeit. So, not the team itself, but the team, one of us that follows that team. And the forfeit will be chosen by the other three. So, uh, Dylan, do you want to take us through that list of criteria that we'll be looking to check off throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, so there are ten, ten sets of criteria, and they are as follows. Overhead kick... A goal directly from a set piece, uh, a Ronaldo celebration after a goal, a hat trick, a hat trick of assists, a chip goal, a song or a chant about a specific player sung at a game, a Penenka, an opposition on goal, and finally winning a game by more than 10 goals. Right, so um, let's have a little talk through what we've seen so far this season. We will be taking into account games that have already happened. So if any of these have been done already, then we will be allowed to check them off. Um, so what have we got first? Was it overhead kick? Overhead kick. Um, I don't think any of us has, have yeah. managed to get that one yet. No, do you know what? Toby Mitchell did try it. 
Yeah, uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, he did he try did. it, first home game of the season, but it didn't quite come off. It was like from the edge of the box yeah, as well, it wasn't was, it? It was, it was very <laughs> audacious. I think the overhead kick is probably the most difficult one on the whole list. I think so too. I think if anyone manages to get that this season, then there should be a I special think, award. <laughs> I don't think I've seen an overhead kick in all the years I've been covering. So I've be seen a, like a, a scissor. Mm, like yeah. a scissor kick, like sideways, but not not over, not an overhead. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I think you saying they should get a prize. I imagine that if someone does score an overhead, that will be goal of the season. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine that being topped. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, what's next on the list? Uh, next is uh, goal directly from a set piece. Well, this is my forte. So far. <laughs> um, good old Phil Jones, two two goals directly from corners. Uh, I think in game week two. Um, and also Jordan last week with a 35-yard screamer into the top bins from a free kick. So uh, the thirds are pretty clued up on set-piece goals. Yeah. See, Giorgio has scored a free kick before for the first team two years ago away at Essex. So we've definitely got that potential in there. We haven't scored yet directly from a free kick. My question is, does a penalty count? Are we counting that? I don't think we count no. penalties as a set-piece. No, I'd say any set-piece other than a, oh, other than a penalty. Um, the women's academy came close uh, in game week two. Evie took a corner and it was cleared off the line. The keeper is in no man's land. Um, so it was unfortunate for that not to have gone in. Um, but the potential's there. We've got people who can take set pieces, so hopefully we'll be able to manage that one. I think the seconds uh, in the last cup game, they had uh, two free kicks, but uh, both of them were off target. But um, the way they've been performing, I'm hopeful for that. Uh, one of the players will be able to score from a set piece. Does it have to be direct from the corner or can you score a header from a corner? No, no direct. 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 Oh, okay. So whoever's taking the set piece has to kicks start. it and the next time it touches anything is in the net. Yeah. What about... Oh, we're better at that than what scoring about, from actual corners anyway. So, so. What about a header or a volley from a throw-in? Ooh. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Okay. It would be impressive, but just right, how often do you see long throw-ins? Yeah, if they, if they score from the throw-in, I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's think that's actually that. allowed. No, I, don't think, <laughs> I think no, I don't think you can. Can you? <laughs> Little nick on the way in, maybe off a defender. Right, bring us on to the next one, Dylan. Yeah, the third one is a Ronaldo celebration, but this one's sort of just entirely up to the players and yeah, their so it's, it's based on how much they want to commit. Yeah. How if much you, they if don't, you don't want mind, us to, to if you don't mind, Yeah, if you don't mind looking silly to help out your media guys so he doesn't have to do a forfeit, <laughs> then that would be greatly appreciated. We, we just need you to take one for the team here, really. I uh, think that's what's been that doing. could honestly be the make or break in terms of who I does think, the forfeit. I think it could be. Because it's the one that everyone potentially could do. Because the, if no one does that, the only way that no one could definitely not do that is if nobody scores again for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, theoretically, we could all have that one done by Wednesday. Yeah. But it's whether the, the players want to help us out on that one. That is completely up to them and how nice they're feeling. I'm hoping that they do. I might start going through the squad and seeing if we've got any United fans that might Tapping, be... Tapping them up. Yeah, yeah, might be willing to... Uh, uh, I'm going to give Braden a call out. If you score, I better be seeing that Ronaldo celebration. The amount of sues I have to hear from you in the group chat, if you don't do it when you score, then you need to have a word with yourself. <laughs> oh, I'm hoping that the, the players will sort of do it on the basis of wanting to complete all of the tasks on the card. 
Yeah, that is a that is a point. Maybe I think the players will want to get through all these just for the pride of not being the team that's done the least of them. Well, we discussed this a bit just a moment ago, didn't we? We said that we feel like our, the players on each of our teams might want us to lose so that we have to do the forfeit. So maybe we need to give them an incentive um, for if they do manage to uh, not lose us <laughs> this challenge. I think uh, pride is enough of an incentive. Yeah, I mean... I think your pride goes out the window when you're doing a Ronaldo because, celebration. But be, Well, because the thing is, if you manage to tick off even half of the things on this list, you've had a pretty good season. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. So, in wanting to complete this list, you're wanting to have a good season. And, and, and if you do... If, do you know what? If any, of the, if any of the teams get all ten, there's got to be... I, I will be very, very impressed. Yeah, me too. But if anyone gets all ten, are we counting that as UCFB's first cup win for whoever gets them? <laughs> <laughs> that, no. I'll, I'll buy you a trophy if you get all ten of them. <laughs> Whichever team does it first automatically wins team of the season. Connor, eyebrows. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, what have we got next? Uh, next on the list is a hat trick. So this is a so for the seconds um, in the first game, Taylor Warden uh, scored a hat trick. For the thirds, I think we've had Jude score a hat-trick. We've had Donna, she score a hat-trick. And I think we've had Drake score maybe two hat-tricks. So uh, we're not short of hat-tricks on, in the thirds. Well, Do they all cancel each other out? Because they've never <laughs> <been> won <laughs> <at> once. <laughs> Four goals doesn't count. <laughs> no, um, it hasn't been so lucky for the women's or the first, has it? No. Um, we've, uh, we've only scored three goals this season. And they've all come from different players. So... Um, that is yet to be checked off for the women's academy. Yeah, I think there's been sort of a stark contrast with like the seconds and thirds scoring uh, a wide array of goals in the opening games, but unfortunately it hasn't been the same for the first and the women's teams. No. It only takes one week though, doesn't it, where they, they come into a bit of form and score four or five and then you you could check two or three off in one game really, couldn't you? Yeah. And then you're right back in the race. What's up next? Next on the list is a hat-trick of assists. Uh, for the seconds, um, Taylor Wooden once again is the player who did this, and it was uh, actually in the same game that he got a hat trick. So on the first game of the season, where UCFB um, beat Goldsmiths nine nil, uh, Taylor Wooden scored three goals and also got three assists. He just does what he wants, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, that is. Like Usain Bolt, mate, does what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> that he's never gonna shake that Usain Bolt comparison he's now not. after the first week. <laughs> Yeah, I think for the thirds, it was Jude in the first game. I think he, he scored a hat-trick and got three assists as well. Same same feat as Taylor. So the two star men from uh, week one have uh, sorted us out really on them two. Yeah, both played them up the nominees as well. Well, one of them won, didn't they, in Jude? And he's had a great start to the season. Yeah, very, very good start to the season. Yeah, again, the hat-trick of assists is, again, something that we haven't managed. Um, and is it the same for the men's first as well yeah so yeah we've had Giorgio has gotten all of our players have, that have assisted have only ever assisted once in a game so Giorgio's got one um, Callum's got one and the last one is Jacob Sim who's got one so Callum Norman Giorgio Delalo, and Jacob Sim I believe um, but no no one's managed yet to get a hat-trick of assists but there's definitely uh enough creativity in that team that I'm confident that one of them can do it. Adam Sawyer had a great game in midfield two weeks ago, so 
maybe he's going to be uh, tipped for it. But as of yet, no. Yeah, um, there's definitely players in the women's academy that are going to be able to do it. As our next on the list is a chip goal. Uh, and I believe only the first team have achieved this so far. Yeah, star man, Giorgio Delalo, nominated for player of the month. What a goal, by the yeah, way. Yeah, what a goal. That was an absolute peach. Yeah, it wasn't like he was in on goal and the keeper come charging no, up no, and chipped no, no. him. No, 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 no. Beat a defender on the edge of the box and then just saw, noticed the keeper was off his line and just dinked it over him. It was Cantona-esque, oh, wasn't it? Well, yeah. It, it was, was it was it was special. So it's nice that the first have got that ticked off because I think probably on that is one of the harder ones because you need the right situation for that one to come yeah. off. It's not like you can force it. Yeah, yeah, you um, can't you can't plan a chip, can you? Really? Yeah, it's, it's not like when you you can finesse it or you can score a volley. It's like it's just the keeper's got to be in the right place. You have got to be in the right position going through on goal. So it's this. Yeah, I think that's gonna be one of the harder ones to get along with the um the bicycle kick as well. So. Yeah, I think with the quality the seconds have and sort of the amount of chances they create per game, I'm hopeful that they can get this one done. Yeah, I think I think all four teams have got well, the first have already done it, but all four teams have got potential to do it every single week. So it's one of them where it just it, it might happen every game, might not happen at all. Yeah. Uh what's up next, Dylan? Uh, next on the list is a song or chant, um a song about a specific player at a game. I think we need to stipulate is this song by the team? Or by fans. Can I sing it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So that's what I think it should have to be sung by the fans. I would agree. Because otherwise, if, like we say, where teams don't want to lose, you're just going to have the people on the bench singing it. Um, and, they, they, do you know what I mean? They can, they, they'll they probably be sat there making up their own chants as they're listening to this now. <laughs> just, so I think, yeah, it's got to be sung by the fans, whether it's one or a hundred. It's got to be sung by a, a, someone that's not a member of the team at a game. That's fine. Um, that makes sense. That's another one that I think is going to be a difficult one because uh, in the absence of the mob this season, you haven't got the people that are taking the time to make all these chants. You've, got the, you've we've had good support this season, but like not actual well, I'd indiv- say, individual chants and yeah. such. It's I'm just... hoping, because the mob last year, or t- two seasons ago, had a chant for every single player. And obviously, Giorgio, Callum, and Toby were in that team. Can I count the rugby team's bereavements of the opposition goalkeeper as a chant for an individual player? <laughs> no, no. So it's got to be about a UCFP player. It's got to be sung by UCFP fans. And, yeah. Uh, so there's three home games this week at Silver Jubilee Park. If people want to come down and help us get this one ticked off. Yeah, I think I'm the least likely this week because we're away. So, yeah. This is this is our chance, isn't it, oh. to to get one up? Yeah. Uh, Reese Solomon, if you can hear this, get yourself on the bus and get some chants ready in your head to start singing all game. That'd be massively helpful. Uh, this is one you've already got ticked off, isn't it, Marley? Well, see, this is the thing. I was wondering if you guys were gonna give me a bit of the benefit of the doubt because obviously we've got Giorgio's chant. It was sung at the initiations, not at the game. Ooh. Oh, it has to be a game. Uh, a game. That's... Oh, okay. No. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'd have let you have it personally because I'm winning, so I don't really mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we a couple of the players already have their songs ready made, written in stone by the mob themselves. It's just whether or not the uh, the fans that turn up are gonna gonna take them on, which hopefully they will, because I I must admit some of them are are, are quite catchy. <laughs> 
Next one on the list is a Penenka. Uh, this one's probably as equally as difficult as the overhead kick, considering we need a penalty to do this one. And it's sort of a one where players will maybe only try um, if they're sort of heavily up in the game. I'd just like to take this time to apologise to any football managers right now because if one of the players does a Panenka in a must-score penalty, then we can't be blamed. No, no, no. <laughs> we're not encouraging. <laughs> Disclaimer, we're not liable or responsible for any Panenkas that are taken at any wrong moments, costing UCFB any results. But yeah. I think that's fair enough to say. Just think about how much of a hero you'd be if you did it. Yeah, we're not hit. encouraging it, but do it. By <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like 90th minute, falls down on the spot. It's it's two two. Ref's got, about to blow his whistle. You've got to be sinking that penenka. You got to do it. Keeper's gonna dive. He's de- definitely gonna go in that. Situation. Well, I feel like any opposition fans listening to this now are gonna be like, if they get a penalty, don't dive. It's gonna be a penenka. <laughs> oh, it's all mind games now. Isn't yeah, it? it's mind games. And when they don't dive, we'll be hitting them top bins and winning the games. It's yeah. like Ben Foster when, when he's talking to Mo Salah. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, he had his hand over his mouth so he wouldn't tell anyone, so the camera can see. So I'm going to tell everyone on my YouTube channel. <laughs> okay, what's up next? Next on the list is an opposition on goal. This one's sort of not really up to the players. It's sort of yeah. a kind of half look. I think this is the hardest one, but also the easiest one if it happens. Because on one hand, you don't actually have to do anything. But on the other hand, it's just pure luck that the opposition's going to yeah. score an own goal. Yeah, luckily the first team have already got this ticked off. Um, Hertfordshire scored a, an own goal in the, the opening game of the season. So, so yeah, that's one box ticked. And, and it's almost nice that we've got that box tick that you can't necessarily get be like, oh yeah, we're going to go and get an own goal today. Like, you can't... <laughs> you As much as the players do or don't want to help us out, they're, uh, they, 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 score, can't, they? they can't go out for that one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and what's the last one, Dylan? Uh, finally, the last one is winning a game by more than 10 goals. So, one team has got this so far, correct? Yeah, the thirds. We won 11-1 on opening day. I think in the women's team and the first case, the opposition in your league is very similar to the same level that you're at. So I think the score lines are a lot closer, whereas I think this, the thirds are just blowing teams away in our league. So I think it's, it's a lot easier for it's, us. It seems like you might get this one every week. <laughs> More or less. I mean, if yeah. you do it again, can I borrow one of them? <laughs> <laughs> it almost was last week. It was 12-3 last week. So almost, almost, almost a 10-goal mission again. again. There you go. Uh, the week before, sorry. Yeah, the seconds won 9-1 in the first game of the season so two goals short but if that game sets the tone for the rest of the season then I'm sure they'll be able to I'm sure they'll be able to do it so there's potential there I mean last season I saw the the women's academy smash teams this was a regular occurrence to see them win by 10 goals or more um hopefully we can pull it out of the bag at some point this season but it seems like the opposition is a lot tougher you only need that one team, though, that one good performance yeah. where you just yeah. absolutely batter them. That in. one rubbish team. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't even have to be a rubbish team. Sometimes, you know, good teams can just capitulate and you catch them on the right day and all your strikers are on form. And, and I mean, next thing you know, it's, 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 it's an absolute, absolute hammering. Every team here has got potential to absolutely destroy someone if they turn up on their day, so... Yeah, we've seen it happen in previous seasons with all of the teams, so it could happen again this season. So, just to recap on the 10 tasks, we've got an overhead kick, a goal directly from a set piece, a Ronaldo C celebration, a hat-trick, a hat-trick of assists, a chipped goal, 
a song or a chant about a specific player sung at a game by the fans, uh, a Penenka penalty, an opposition own goal, and then winning by more than 10 goals. I think if any team here gets more than half of those, they're going to have had a great season. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at our table here and the thirds already have four of them ticked. Yeah, so we'll just go through the scores at the minute. So the first team have got two of the 10 ticked. The second team have got two of the ten ticked off. The first team of uh, the third team have stormed out of the blocks with four of the ten ticked off. So they're nearly halfway to getting all ten get ticked off. Um, and the women's team don't have any yet, so they're still stumbling out the gates. But after that promising draw last week, you never know; they might kick on. And and like we said, it you could get an any number of these done in one game. So. It only takes one really good week to put you right back in the race. Also, the thirds are out of the cup now, so we've only got our leagues games left, whereas you lot have still got cup games. So you've got more games to do it in. As well. like when our, our season's yeah. finished, you lot can still have three games left. So yeah, this It might go right to the final day. We're definitely at a disadvantage in that one. But yeah, hopefully we get at least one bingo. But if we get all four bingos, that would also be great. But whoever's... Obviously, last to call out that big go on the pod. They're uh, they're gonna have to do a forfeit decided by the other three hosts sat around this table, boys. So, I think next Wednesday it's gonna be having a word with the team, see if that see if they're gonna help us out or see if they want you to suffer a bit. Um, but what we need to agree to right now is that no one's gonna lie about anything that's happened. No one's gonna cheat in any yeah. way, and no one's gonna chicken out of whatever forfeit we choose. Absolutely. Have we? Are we all agreed? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right then. There we go. Good luck to all the teams, and let's have some fun playing some bingo. That's the end of part three. Hello, and welcome back to part four, where we're looking ahead to this week's fixtures. So, boys, who's everyone facing? Uh, so the women's academy are at home this week, uh, Silver Jubilee Park, uh, to Brighton's firsts. Um, Brighton are currently second in the league. Uh, so it's going to be a difficult um, difficult game. They haven't lost a game and we haven't won a game yet. So it's going to be a tough challenge. But I reckon with the quality we've got in the squad again, you know, we, we can turn up on, on our day and beat anyone if we play well. believe that's a 12 o'clock kickoff. That's what it says on the Bucks play app. But we're not 100% because some of the, some of the um, fixtures seem to be clashing on the app. So we'll confirm later in the week on Twitter what times all of the games will be kicking off. Yeah, because it says that the men's first team are kicking off at one o'clock at Silver Jubilee Park, which means that you wouldn't be able to kick off at 12, yeah. or we wouldn't be able to kick off yeah. at one. So it could very well be the case because on uh, that we are away, because on Bucks Play it said that we were at home uh, when we were facing Hertfordshire away first game of the season. So it could be that there's just an admin error there again. Mm-hmm. Um but we also could be at home. It will all be confirmed on social media uh, by the time that the podcast is out, hopefully. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Marley, who are the first playing this week? So, we are playing uh, the University of Kent men's first team. So, they are second in our league, um, only on goal difference. So, they've, like us, they, lo- they lost their first game, their second game to Hertfordshire, but they won their first game against Canterbury. So, it's going to be a real um, good test to, for us to see sort of how, how well we can compete in this league. Obviously, because then if we beat them, 
we then go second. So it's it's going to be a, a a tough game we expect, but hopefully one that we can come from on the other side, which would then put us in a, a real confident mood for a, a, a side in Hertfordshire who then come down to Silver Jubilee Park and obviously we lost to them last week. Uh, not last week, the first game of the season. But if we can beat them, then we sort of get our own back in terms of pride, but it also puts us in a great position to sort of challenge for the league title. So, yeah, very important game. Uh, so the seconds are also at um, Silver Jubilee Park. Uh, I believe kickoff is at 4pm, but it may be subject to change. Uh, so the seconds play uh, St Mary's, who sit uh, in the middle of the table at third, having won one game and lost one game, while at UCFB um, sit first, having only played the one game. I think uh, if this is if there's anything like the uh, last league game, then I think uh, UCFB are going to put in another ruthless performance and sort of uh, dominate the league. That's what that's what it's looking like so far, despite there only being one game played. Uh, Connor, where are the thirds this week? Um, the thirds are on the road once again for the third time in a row. Uh, we're against Southbank Uni. It's about a forty-five minute journey away from here, so. Uh... The location will be posted if you want to come and show the boys some support. Um, South Bank currently sit third in our league. I think they've they've only played one game though, uh, whereas the rest of the teams have played two and they've won their only game. So I can't really judge because we've not played them before, but I reckon it's going to be a tough game because obviously they haven't lost either. We're sitting top of the league because we've absolutely thrashed our two teams that we've played. So it should be an interesting fixture really. Hopefully the boys can carry on their dominance and uh, get another double digit haul to make it three in a row. I think this is the first time that there's or there may be three um teams playing consecutively consecutively at Silver Jubilee Park. So hopefully there can be some fans that come down and support all three of the teams this week. Yeah, if we can get some decent numbers and then obviously if there are three teams, hopefully the two other teams will at least stay behind for one game, maybe two. Yeah. Then you can get some good noise and maybe get some of those chants ticked off on the, the bingo. But I think uh, this week, the one thing that all the teams have got in common is that they've all got absolutely huge fixtures, possibly even season-defining fixtures in terms of where they'll end up at the end of the year. Um, So, yeah, I think it's going to be a really important and a very interesting week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the UCFB Football Podcast. Please make sure you're following us on all our socials. And thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week.